Welcome back to 10 Podcast. I am your host, Robert, and I have uh, Adam on Skype, and this is still the norm, and I still don't like it. I still hate it just as much as I did last week, maybe even a little more, Robbie. Yeah, you can definitely tell people are getting stir-crazy, my, myself included. I've done a really, really good job of keeping busy, but I've noticed that um, yard work only goes so far with me before I get real sick of it. Whoa. Yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> because last weekend I did like 13 hours of tree trimming and burning and snake killing. So, I mean, it was, that was a long day. I had a lot of blisters. I was actually kind of bummed that you had posted a picture of your big tree or your big pile of wood that you're saving for the winter. Because I have a tree that I was kind of planning on cutting out of here. Yep. And I was hoping that you would take it. Oh, God, no. Please, no. So that I wouldn't have to pay for it to go away. And then I was like, son of a bitch. He's yeah. got all that wood. He's not going to need any of mine. No, that the that picture of those trees is, is two, or that the wood pile is two lines deep. And then that's a third of what I have total. So I have, I have multiple piles carried across the entire yard. So like there's so the, the split wood behind the shop. There's split wood by the fire pit. And there's two big stacks of wood on either end of the property that are just waiting to dry out so I can split them. So I have decided since becoming a homeowner, uh, number one, the next home I buy will have way less tree cover. That's funny because I'm planting more trees. I just, I just need to get rid of the dead ones. I'm, 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 building a, two, I'm building a perimeter fence around my area of trees so people can't see me. And number two is that trees are just really big weeds. <laughs> You're not wrong. Dude, I, I hate them. I hate them so much. I hate them in my yard. I, I like them around the yard as a perimeter. Because there's a, there right. a picture of a house in the middle of a field. that it's on. I can't remember where I saw it. Probably on Facebook. But it's a small house. But then it's got evergreen trees completely surrounding the perimeter. So it looks like in the middle of a forest. See, that's, I don't that's, what I want. that's what trees. I want. It's the deciduous ones that I dislike. I'm right there with you. Because they decide that all of the things that should stay on them need to be on my ground instead every year, at least once. And then there's a huge pile next to your garage. Right. Your and the I can't burn because I live in town. And also, I have so much tree coverage in my yard that I don't really have an open space to burn in. Oh. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. I, I had and, a... I had a fire going for two straight days. I just hate it so Actually, much. Actually, I, I had two I fires hate them going so <laughs> much. And then I don't know what they are, but there's one that's real little, or that that starts out real little, and it grows so fast. I can't keep up with it, and there's nothing you can do to kill it. it they just keep growing. Ugh. You know, you, you go through there and try and whack them with a weed whacker. Yep. First of all, it doesn't work very well because they're trees, not. Not weeds. weeds. And secondly, even if it does, they just grow right back again. And there's more. So there's much. more every year. Yeah. And I can't till it out because I don't want to kill the big stuff. No. You know, I want to keep the big, some of it. Not all of it. Much of it's coming out. My hopes and dreams are that I can have like a very large dumpster dropped off in front of my house. And that I can just fucking go to town. And I'm hoping that I can bring a bucket truck home from work and oh. cut down one of the big trees in my backyard. And uh, 
make some space, clear out some some area. Like, dude, my my backyard is so covered in trees that like even at the height of grass growing season, when you gotta like mow at least once, if not twice a week, yep, I'll mow my backyard like at most every other week. Oh, good grief! And during the like during the like July, August, into September, where where the grass, you know, we're just mostly getting hot days and we're not getting a ton of rain, and so the grass doesn't grow real fast. I might not mow the backyard at all. Okay, and Man, it doesn't. It I, for, doesn't I forgot how different. covered yours was. It's so bad. It sucks. I hate it. I mean, it's it seemed like a really great thing <laughs> when I bought the house. I was like, this is gonna be great. There's all kinds of shade. There's all these trees we're gonna hang out underneath. It's gonna be awesome. No, I hate it. <laughs> it's the worst. I can't keep up. I hate it so much. I just want them all to go away. I plow it all under and pour concrete over all of it. I have seen a lot. I've, I've seen like well, it's like going to Jess's uh, parents' place down at the lake. They'll. People yeah. people put like turf in or just put rocks in for their entire yard. It's real popular in like Arizona. That's because they can't Nevada grow grass. places. They they can. I, the desert. That's where we need to be. Is the desert, oh, dude? <laughs> I get it. I get it. I did do something impressive though while cutting down my trees. Oh, I cut down a full size tree and landed it on a snake. Oh Jesus! I then Christ. I then took the snake. And put it in the fire. <laughs> I killed four snakes in three days. It was awesome. Jesus. That's four more snakes than I've ever seen at my house. We have so many snakes. And then That's the worst. you've said in the past. I've never seen one. Not only that, it's multiple species. So it's just like, oh, garter snakes. Like everybody has. No, I got brown snakes, ringneck snakes, uh, timber rattlers about eight miles just down the road. That's scary. It's it's messed up, man. Snakes. There's too many snakes. I can't believe it. So apparently my neighbor, because my neighbor, of course, my neighbor's a green thumb, right? So she's got like a garden <laughs> and all this shit. Of course she freaking does. And then there's your but, house. Uh, I would just prefer it to be rock, frankly. But um, apparently when it rains, she has tree frogs that come out of nowhere. Oh, weird. And hang out in her, like against her house in her flower beds that are right up against the house. They'll come out of somewhere in there and be on the house. Okay. And so yesterday she calls my uh, my girlfriend. She's like, hey, bring Logan out here. You know, I found a tree frog. And, you know, oh, yeah, that'll be cool. He might like that, right? So they went and I guess they caught it and they put him in a Tupperware container without a <laughs> lid on it with some, like, dirt and grass in it. And, and Logan was going to keep it, right? Yeah, of course. But Katie wouldn't let him bring it inside. And apparently, I used to have salamanders. I remember the salamanders. I, I apparently don't have the terrarium anymore. I don't know what I did with it. It's, uh, it it's probably a storage, storage unit somewhere. It's it's not though. I checked. Oh. Um, but yeah, I don't know where it is or or what it, where it disappeared to. Who knows? But um, you know, I was like, oh well, maybe I can put him in that. You know, and by the time I got home, he had hopped out of the Tupperware container to no one's surprise uh, and he's disappeared <laughs> but apparently my my son decided to call it Mr. Tittles 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 T-I-D-D-L-E-S I'm guessing why does that sound know. familiar is that a name on a I, cartoon I we don't have the slightest clue okay got no idea where he came up with Tittles 
Okay. <laughs> but it was Mr. Tittles. And he repeated that over and over. Like if you asked him, what's the, what's the frog's name? Mr. Tittles. So it wasn't like just something that he like, said once. Some gibberish that rolled off his tongue. I mean, he was consistent with it. Huh. So. Well, if he wants any for snakes. a short period of time. It's not the worst idea. I don't totally hate that idea, but I also don't really want one either. I find I found two mice in my house this week, though. One dead. Which well, I got I got your solution. Why we have actually, cats? Actually, I don't, uh, and I, one not dead because the cats were trying to kill to it. Dead it, but I just picked it up and threw it outside instead. Maybe the same mouse actually because I found the dead one after. Ah, so you know See, he may have come back in and, and the cats finished the job. I don't know, but. That's my biggest problem with the snakes is that they're not killing the mice because I'm cutting down trees well, and there's, and there's a hole, know. there's a hole in the, in the tree and I'm seeing a mouse go in and out of the tree. And then not 10 feet from that is where I killed the snake with the other tree. So that snake should have killed that. that mouse. Imagine how much worse it could be. True. You know, or, if you didn't have those snakes, it could be way worse with the mice. Kill them all, man. All the snakes, all the mice. Chemical warfare. Just get rid of them all. If you get the right chemicals, it'll kill off the trees and the grass. Too. No, I like my trees. Any of these I, like, I like my trees and my grass. I like my big yard. I fucking hate it so much, Robbie. I'm paying somebody to mow my lawn now. It's the best. Oh, my God. Dude, so, okay, so let me let me defend my statement here, okay? I think that your man card just got revoked. Let me defend my statement here, okay? Hey, everyone, come to my on... country club. I got these uh, gardeners over here, servants' entrances over I there. Be, I think you'll be Team Adam when, I, when you mm-hmm. hear this, okay? Mm-hmm. So both my neighbor to the north and south of me, oh, so both my neighbors on both sides of me, have the same guy who mows their yard. Okay. And so, like... My one neighbor to the north, our yards touch entirely. The whole distance of her yard comes in contact with my yard. And so right now he has – and she's got a bunch of flower gardens and shit in there. So like he has to like snake around those and try and mow just her yard and, and not mine. And I was like, bro, why don't you just mow both at the same time? It would probably be easier for you. Turn around in my driveway. It will be great. And you just charge me a small sum of money. And this will be awesome. He told me it would be somewhere between ten and twelve dollars a week. It's not bad at all. And I was like, dude, I can't even, I can't even maintain my lawnmower for that much. I spend at least double that in gas every time I mow. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I like my lawnmower, like legit takes me five minutes to mow my lawn. Mine takes. A solid two and a half hours. But like with my allergies, it's one of my least favorite activities in the world. Yeah. Even if you're not mowing, if you're outside, your nose is running like a faucet. Yeah. So, so I, you I, know, I, hopping up on the bar sucks. sucks. Yeah. And for 10 to $12 a week, like who cares? Yeah. So now I'm probably <laughs> just going to sell my riding lawnmower instead. You had a riding lawnmower? It was given for to that, me. Okay. I was going to say that itty-bitty yard. Nah, so my grandpa had one, and when he passed away, it became my uncle's. And then he decided that he didn't like it because it was pretty old and kind of junky. And so he bought a brand new one, and he's like, hey, you know, do you do you want this? And I was like, hell yeah, I want that. And uh, 
Like it honestly it was almost more work to use that than the push mower <laughs> I had before <laughs> because it was so big and my lawn is so small that it was almost more work. But uh I persevered anyway oh. and used but uh like it's hydrostatically driven, yep. which I don't I don't understand, and it does not turn well at all to one direction. Oh. And, like, the blades need sharpening, and it just needs a total tune-up and all that stuff. And, like, I don't know enough about small engines and hydrostatic things to, like, do it myself. And so I don't, I, you know, I'd probably have to take it to somebody or whatever. Or I'll probably just end up making it worse if I try to do it myself. And, you can always you fix know, it. Just keep throwing more time and effort. So at I'm going to spend a couple hundred dollars fixing this thing, or I can just pay this dude ten dollars a week and he'll mow my lawn for me. Yeah, well, I'm going to do that. <sighs> I guess it's ten bucks, Robbie. You can't <laughs> tell me that if somebody would be like, "Yeah, man, I'll mow your lawn for ten dollars a week." My lawn, absolutely. Like, yeah, let's fucking do this. <laughs> if somebody's stupid enough to mow my lawn for ten dollars, yeah. You bet I your take lawn, that all day. Your lawn, I don't. I bet that guy wouldn't touch it for a hundred dollars a week. Ooh, it'd be, yeah, it'd be a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. My lawn's like ten by twenty, though. <laughs> the other day, I was since we're clearly just talking about yard shit. I was getting my my porch. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> got nothing else going on. I can't do any racing shit. So can't all I'm doing is yard work. Beds. Yep. So talking about lawnmowers those are like kind of yeah, it's got vehicles it, it, at least. it's a, hey there is a lawnmower motorsport that's true <laughs> that is true but yeah since clearly it's the summer of me just getting all of my yard projects done and my house projects all that shit so i was getting my porch ready to get restained and uh so jess was mowing and she just kept mowing well like it took so long to long to mow the lawn that she mowed probably about half hour with a flashlight Oh Jesus! <laughs> Which is nice because I just bought this like LED um, like spotlight just in case lights go out. So yeah. she's using that to like as a headlight. I was proud of her though. She she was out there for like a good half hour before she finally finished and was like, "I did it." It's like good because I didn't want to go back out there. That's funny. So this I was uh, kind of like when we were in, when when I was growing up in high school we had a huge lawn like you do yep and it was you know it was like a 4 to 6 hour ordeal to mow our lawn and i never liked it then either i don't mind it my my retired grandpa had nothing better to do and he would just show up at our house and mow our lawn for <laughs> us but uh he lives too far away now it's not yeah. really a thing no no i i've clearly got grown into old man status cuz i don't mind i don't care enough to like really have perfect lawn but I don't mind mowing it. Right. I, don't, I don't mind all that, like the the yard maintenance and shit. I hate it now. No, I got, I got it's my, my least favorite part of homeownership. Yeah, it's fine. Well, Jess thinks we need a dock now. Like it's it's this whole like, co- like the inconvenience of COVID in general. But now I have these like you know we got nothing else to spend our money on. We should do a dock. <laughs> no, we should save uh, it for next year's one lap. <laughs> oh, that's already happening. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, fifteen-minute rant about owning a house and yard work presented by Kanga Motorsports. So, if you uh, didn't like it, uh, it's James's fault. He's taking—he's unknowingly taking credit for this op- uh, opening to the opener. So, uh, yeah, coming from Kanga Motorsports Studio, talking about lawn shit. You want to open this up now, Adam? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so, anybody who's in the group. Uh, already knows this, but I was finally able to um, 
for better or worse, I guess, uh, drive out to Josh and get my my Cavalier. So I have it. It's it's in my possession now. Um, Jesus Christ! There's a dog pawing at my door now. It's, it's not my kids. It's my dogs. <laughs> Give me a second. Let me tell my girlfriend to let the dog out here. Because I don't need that. No. This is this is our this is our couple hours of solitude. There we go. Away from everybody. She's, she's been notified. Um, anyway, so um, friend of the show, longtime friend of mine, uh, Josh Vettis bought this Cavalier like a year ago or so. Uh, strangely rust free for a two hundred thousand mile um, Cavalier in Iowa. It is in great shape uh, for that. Yeah, it's in really good shape. Um, these cars are really, really prone to rusting out on, uh, uh, along the doors and rockers. Uh, this one does have a little bit of rust peeking through, but it's like, I mean, when I say they rust out, I mean like they have gaping holes. Yeah. Usually by now. Uh, and this one doesn't have that. Although I'm sure by the end of next winter it will explode because that's basically, you know, my <laughs> S10 didn't have any holes in it. The Blazer didn't have any holes in it. This Cavalier doesn't. They all made it one winter with me and they had exploding rust holes. So we'll just put a body kit on it and cover that up. Yeah, fun. there you go. But uh, the other one, the more important one for me uh, that about when it comes to the rust issues that those cars have is that the front subframe that holds um, the engine in place and I think is attached to the suspension in some way, shape, or form, the bolt holes that go up into the frame or the bolts that go up into the frame, they the holes in the frame rust out and uh, – the subframe could almost literally just like fall out from underneath the car. And this car, that's, that's not happened yet at all. Josh uh, was up underneath there and, and he said he just couldn't believe how not rusted out the subframe was. And, and you know, he, he hit it with some like Rust-Oleum spray paint and hopefully she's good to go for another couple of years, hopefully, probably not. But um, yeah, it's, it's weirdly rust free which i you know like this is this is such an iowa conversation because there's <laughs> there's californians over here like what the hell is rust what are, guys, what are you guys talking about like i don't understand bolts just don't come out with reasonable amounts of force no you break them off then have to like retap them yeah all the time everything all breaks all the time i've i think i can count on one hand the number of times i've had an easy out that actually worked no, I always end up breaking it even worse, and then having to like go to the next size up and retap and drill everything. It's those easy outs if they break in the bolt, uh-huh. pretty much screwed because they're harder than the bolt, so you can't yep. drill them really. You can't really drill them <laughs> out very well. Nope. So that's a real son of a bitch. I haven't, I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> that's been a. I've I've dealt with that more than once in the past, but. Um, <laughs> So I finally got, you know, my dad was convinced that when I finally bought a Cavalier and got it back into my life that I was going to be like, you know, what was I this thinking? Is, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. This car was actually total hot garbage. And uh, thankfully, I haven't really had a bunch of nice cars, uh, at least not recently that kind of ruined my opinion of the Cavalier. I still think I, you know, I, 
I'm not like looking at this car through rose covered colored colored glasses and thinking, oh, you know, this is such a nice car. Like I I realize it it is <laughs> uh even if it was brand new, they are kind of hot garbage. You know, it's a cheap car. And, I mean, it's, and that's for what I need it for. That's perfectly yeah, fine. You're not right? you're not expecting a, a fucking Bentley. It's 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 a Cavalier. Yeah. So you know, it it's got a lot of wind noise and it's, it squeaks and groans and cracks and and whatever cruising down the road. And uh, you know, it's it's an optionless base model Cavalier. So like, it doesn't even have cruise control, which is ooh, I'm not not so thrilled. Sh- yeah, I, not thrilled on that. I'm sure. I didn't know that until after money had exchanged hands and I had driven away. Oh, ho, ho. Think, did he know? I don't think. Well, of course he did. He'd been driving it. Uh, and I don't think that that would have stopped me from no, buying it. You would you would have been prepared though, like emotionally and and like mentally, you would have been right. like, okay, I'm driving right. this home, no cruise. That's right. fine. Well, so my my work truck doesn't have cruise in it either. Oh man, you never use cruise. No, not anymore. It's like not a thing for me at all. You know, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like the end of the world for me. No. But uh, it does kind of suck. It was nice, like early in the morning, you know, and I'm driving to work at, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And, and I just set the cruise and kind of just, you know, I don't want to say like, drift off no but you're like you, yeah, go, you can go into like autopilot yeah think about when i'm driving down the road so what's um, you know what's funny is that uh i had so i put the zl back together and i took it out for a spin and like i know all the buttons and shit work for the cruise control for it right and it wasn't working so i started tearing into it and uh i realized that to get whatever uh steering wheel they had on that, that josh had on before he had to like basically break the clock spring so like the the turn signals wouldn't undo themselves when you turn the wheel and the cruise control didn't work. So I was like, oh shit, do I really want to spend the money? Well they have the, like the the Chinese version of the clock spring for like eighteen dollars shipped to your door. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm getting cruise control and my turn signals are gonna work. So the 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 Cage Z has cruise control. It's awesome. I I think I'm probably gonna look into this. Uh, I've never heard anything good about aftermarket cruise controls, but I think I might look into it and see if it's a thing that I can do I with this car. I would, I would bet it's a thing because like it, it, you know, the optioned up version came with it. So I mean, you got to be able to fabricate even right, if it's, even if it's like the thinking, factory like, version. Years ago, when uh, when me and a couple of friends were renting a, a shop area. Um, those are good at times. my old place of work, uh, one of them, one of us had a, I think it was Don, had a Miata that he had bought. That was just like a really base, run-of-the-mill Miata with nothing special. I don't think it even had an open diff in it. You know, it was just a Miata, and it didn't have cruise control in it. And someone had put an aftermarket cruise control setup in it, and uh, there was there was a sensor that you're supposed to put in the in the drive shaft tunnel and then there was a magnet that you were supposed to put around or on the drive shaft oh. and and that's how it would figure out how fast you were going <laughs> and okay. the people who put it on there like put it on there with like a hose clamp no like bailing <laughs> wire <laughs> No way. 
way. No dude. way. <laughs> a hose clamp would have been miles better. That would have, yeah, a hose clamp probably would have worked. It would have been sketchy and would have failed eventually, but it would have worked. No, they used like bailing wire. And oh my twisted, god! You know, just twisted it tight on the other opposite the the magnet on the drive shaft. <laughs> and weirdly enough, it didn't work. Oh, you don't say! Yeah, who would who would have guessed? Right? I am shocked. And so, um, you know, I don't really want to do that, but like I've heard that. You know, if you if you have a vehicle that could have came with crews and it, you know, like some of those have like a sensor on the trans that that was what ran the crews originally. And that sensor port is still there and you oh, can yeah. still plug into it if you had the system that works. So I just need to look into it, do some research. Maybe I can put crews on it. I don't know. I would be shocked if you um, couldn't just take a Cavalier cruise set up from a different Cavalier and make it work. I'm, well, sure, it's not so, that, I'm sure it's not quite that simple, but there's got to be know, a way I was, to do it. When I was... Um, Accusing Josh of selling me a pile of garbage because it didn't have crews and try and you know can, accusing him of trying to hide that from. Can me. you lemon law him for that? <laughs> I don't know that you can lemon law a six hundred dollar car to begin with. I I think that you can, but uh, well, you know, when I was making fun of him for it, he's like, "Dude, it's an optionless car." And I was like, "Bro, this thing's got more options than my old one had." And he's like. There's no way. And I was like, dude, it's got two options that my old car didn't have. I said, it's got a tack because my black Cavalier that I had in high school, despite the fact that it was a manual, didn't have a tack in the dash. What? Yeah. That's how cheap these cars are. Holy and mine cows. didn't have rear defrost. And I was like, this car's got a tack in the gauge or in the gauge cluster, and it's got rear defrost. That's two things that my car didn't have. And he's like, well, I don't know about the rear defrost. But the gauge cluster that's in there is out of an automatic that I – or out of another one that I that, – because he bought us – he bought us – I guess it was a manual. And he bought a second one that was a parts car that needed a new clutch yep. for like a couple hundred bucks. And that one must have been specced up enough to have the cluster with the tack. And he just swapped the clusters, plugged everything in, and the tack works. That's awesome. That's, I, well, so I mean, it's got to be more expensive to have multiple harnesses than it is just at the same harness. So hopefully that's the case with the cruise as well. Right. I would, yeah, I'd say all the wiring probably is there. Even if I just have to like put it on a toggle switch, you know, like get on, a rig the shit off. out of it somewhere. It's else, fine. That's fine. I'll do it. I'm not afraid. I I would be shocked if you couldn't go on eBay and just get the parts for like thirteen dollars. Well, I kind of want to tear the steering column apart to put a different because it was on the stock. Well, you could you could put it in the like in the kick panel like to the right of your knee or you know like a little higher than that. Obviously, you don't want to kick it, but like kind of where the where the, where the keys and stuff. I bet you could put it there cuz that's where the where everyone puts the the Z's when they take them off the steering wheel. They'll put it up there and then you just run the same wires. I'd be shocked yeah, if you maybe. couldn't do almost the exact same thing. Yeah, maybe. So, I don't know. I'll It'll be cake. It. We'll knock it out in an afternoon. You know, if we so, ever can see each other again, of course, I'm saying. Right, yeah, if and when. So, uh, but speaking of parts car, uh, when Josh parts a car, he parts a car. And makes money on it. No, 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 he keeps everything that he thinks oh. he made. Like, so this was, you know, I assume this was another 150 plus thousand mile car or whatever. Yeah. 
And like he took the full front and rear suspension out from underneath this thing. And he's trying to give me all these parts. Like we get there and there's this huge pile of parts in front of his garage. <laughs> like, so that's got a twist, like a solid beam twist axle, twist beam axle underneath it. Right. Yep. In the back, uh, just a stick axle in the back with, you know, a set of shocks and springs or whatever on both sides and uh you know the hubs bolt right to that or whatever and that's that whole assembly is just sitting right there in the driveway and i was like dude i don't want any of this shit <laughs> like i i'm not if if the suspension goes out on this thing i'm not gonna put one hundred fifty thousand miles suspension back underneath it no nah, you just go to the parts store and get 30 dollars worth of suspension and replace everything yeah it's like and i was like I mean, I'll take this stuff if you really want me to take it. But he's like, dude, if you're just going to throw it away, I can scrap it. It's not that big a deal, I guess. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want any of this crap. No, see, I always, so I, I always I pictured took the long block. Oh, nice. And he had a bunch of other like random things in there already. And I took all of those. And he gave me a set of wheels with snows and a set of wheels with all seasons. Uh, and I took all of those things, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um uh, and then, like, the trunk is just full of stuff, like uh, an intake manifold and a throttle body. And um, I think there's the whole window crank mechanism in there because the driver's side one, when you wind it back up, uh, it comes out of the track. And, and uh, in the back top corner, like, it sticks out like a half an inch when you roll it up. Oh. super obnoxious. Yeah, that is very uh, obnoxious. And, and I think that or we're both kind of hoping that maybe that um, that mechanism is just junk, and that we can I can just replace it with the one that came off the parts car. So, but yeah, he gave me a ton of like just stuff. So you literally filled the trunk, the back seat, and the passenger seat, and then drove home with two Cavaliers worth of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. kept a bunch like so my dad brought my dad and i went from my parents house to josh's house and uh so we brought the truck knowing that i was taking home a long block but my parents are mid move right now so the back of my dad's truck was full of other stuff we just like made sure that there was enough room to put the engine in there yep. and so i was like dude i don't have room for all this like i don't have room for the rear suspension and i don't have room for the front suspension and i don't have room for like all this other stuff and he's like all right well whatever i'll just junk it then i'm like okay that's fine by me i don't want it but uh yeah it was kind of funny now see i figured like when you when you said he buys a car and then parts it i figured he would buy the car that he wants to fix buys the parts car for like pennies on the dollar uses the parts he needs and then turns around and sells that car and then makes like double the profit that's no that seems like something josh would do to me oh he keeps all of it okay that makes sense so, so he's got like four neons in his garage, doesn't he? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> somebody today, I don't remember who it was, somebody today posted a meme about uh, people accumulating junk in their garage, and I tagged Josh in it. And, of course, because it's our Facebook group, there were a whole bunch of other people like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I got – like, I, you know, post pictures of their garage just stacked to the ceiling with shit. And Josh is like, see, I'm totally normal. Yeah, this is, you're with the right people. God, God damn it. Well, it's like Joseph with his Fiestas. He's got like 12 different yeah. engines. <laughs> exactly. Festivas. Don't get oh, it wrong. So, oh, shit. I said the wrong thing, didn't I? Festiva. We've I am sorry. Before. I've done it too many You've times. I've done that before. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. It happens. 
The Festiva is better. I'm sorry. Oh, for sure. So. But yeah. Um, but it brings you back. It makes you feel young again. It does. It. Oh, dude. It's, it brings me back so much. Um, when I was driving. So Josh lives up near Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And my parents live in Sioux City, Iowa, which is where I went to college. Uh, at the time, my parents didn't live there, but that's where I went to college. <clears throat> and I was kind of thinking, I was like, man, I, you know, I've probably made this trip a couple of times in, in the Cavalier from Sioux Falls back to Sioux City. And I was like, man, what, you know, I was like, when I was in college, like, what, what was the last time I did this trip? This is one of my favorite Don stories that I can actually tell on the podcast. Oh, our last episode needs to be the Don episode. I have I have Don stories I don't want to talk about on the podcast, but this is a Don story I can tell. So okay. I was pretty excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the last time I made that trip in my Cavalier, uh, my first Cavalier, I should say, um, there, there used to be this big car show in downtown Sioux Falls, and they would shut shut down like a couple blocks, and everyone would just park, you know, all the way around the both sides of the street, all the way around these city blocks, and uh, like I remember, I remember it was the year I went with Don or what, but like I remember in different years that there were some Fast and the Furious cars there, like the the Supra and the Eclipse, and I think maybe the RX Seven were there one year. And like Chip Foose has came to this big car show thing, and I don't think they do it anymore. But it used to be I'm a real totally, big deal. I'm totally blank on what that was called. I'm, I'm trying to say I, Hot Harley Nights. I know that's obviously a totally no, different, different I night. I wanted to say that it was like like oh, something lame, like Autopalooza or something silly. They do it in the winter now inside, don't they? That's Winter Festive Wheels now. Oh, maybe it was called Summer Festive Wheels. Summer Fest, maybe. <laughs> I don't remember, dude. But Don and I had decided one night that we were going to go up there, right? And so this was like peak body kitted days. So I had the body kit on the Cavalier. I had the Lambos on the Cavalier. I didn't. I never had the wall and the Lambos at the same time because I sold the Lambos oh, to shoot. pay for most of the equipment in the wall. And now you're kicking yourself wishing you had them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know... It had a big stereo in it. It had the Lambos. It had the the body kit. It had the whole nine yards. And so we we whipped that thing down to Sioux Falls, and we were hanging out there and doing whatever it is we did that night. And we're driving home, and it's pretty late at this point already. And um, as luck would have it, I blew a tire on the interstate. And because this is some ridiculous ride with a stereo in it, it doesn't have a spare tire in it. That's long since left because <laughs> there was no point in having it underneath because, you know, it sits up underneath the trunk and you got to open the trunk and get to it from under the stereo. The trunk, Matt, you don't drop it out from underneath the car like you do on a truck. Yep. Uh, and there's a 0.0% chance that I was getting that box out of the way enough to get a tire. So it just was never in there. Um and so I blew the blew the tire. Well, okay, shit, you know. And for whatever reason, I felt like I couldn't call my dad. <laughs> I don't remember why. It was probably because I wasn't supposed to be there or I was, you know, I'm sure at some point he had told me I shouldn't be doing all this stereo stuff or. You didn't want to be told uh, I told you so. Uh, right. I don't know what it was. I don't remember specifically. I even told him this story uh, this weekend, and he's like, why didn't you call me? But for whatever reason, I'm sure there was <laughs> a reason I couldn't call him. I didn't call him. Uh, and so we 
we were going through our list of people we knew in Sioux City because at the time, Don also had a Cavalier. And that didn't really have a stereo in it, so he had a spare tire that was still accessible. <laughs> and so uh, we were going through all this list of people we tried to figure out like who can bring us Don's spare tire, right? Yep. And we had pretty much exhausted all resources. And so Don called one last person. And I, for the life of me, can't remember what this kid's name was. But he was like the the flakiest, least the chance of him showing yeah, person the- that Don knew. And that's saying something at the time. Because Don <laughs> knew some pretty flaky, unreliable people uh, at the time. And so of course, as luck would have it, this is the only dude who answers the phone. He's like, yeah, man, I'll get you your spare tire. I'll bring it down. You know, he's like, I got to steal my mom's van, but she won't care or whatever, you know, because, of course, he doesn't have his own fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> and so we instructed him to go to uh, our dorm apartment thing and because uh, we and- were living at the college dorms, but our dorms were more like apartments. They had two-bedroom, four-person, you know, full kitchens. They weren't really like dorms as people think of them. Right. They were more like apartments. Um, but, you know, we told him, yeah, go there. We're pretty sure the Cavalier's unlocked. Just get the spare tire out of there. Uh, and then you just, you know, because this was way before, like, GPS was a thing. And, you know, we were still on flip phones. So we were like, uh, we're at mile marker, blah, blah, blah. You know, you'll just have to go oh past gosh. us, turn around and come back, right? Because that's what you had to do back then. Yep. Yeah, okay, all right, man. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be out there as quick as I can, you know. And we wait a few minutes or however long it was. And and uh, he Don gets a phone call. He's like, hey, man, uh, your, your Cavalier's locked. Like, fuck, oh, shit. And Don's like, oh, you know, I, I don't have the keys on me. They they must be in the apartment. We never fucking locked our apartment. You know, so he's like, they're just they're probably sitting on the desk or or maybe they're on the table or whatever. But, you know, go in there and find them. All right. So, you know, sounds good. Walks over there. As luck would have it, because, of course, we locked the Cavalier. So we must have locked the apartment, too, which we never <laughs> fucking did. Our apartment was locked. And so what's this kid do? He takes the screen window off of our window and manages to jimmy open the glass window and breaks into our apartment to steal Don's keys. <laughs> of course he knows how to break into a house and a car. So, Well, he didn't have to break into the car because he got Don's keys. Oh, good. So he broke into our apartment, got Don's keys, got into Don's trunk, got the spare tire. Of course, he's in the middle of a parking lot of a dormitory, and nobody ever stopped him from breaking into the apartment. Nobody ever stopped him from stealing the spare tire out of the car. Nobody ever said a word to this kid. If you just act like you're supposed to be there, no one questions it. I guess. But uh, so he brought us the spare tire and the jack. I remember because, you know, we asked him to bring the jack out of there too. tire iron, all that stuff. (laughs) Right. And so he finally gets to us and we go to put the jack underneath the car. Well, it doesn't clear the side skirts. Oh, shit. Because body kit things, right? Yep. And I know, so I know that it was way easier to pull the front bumper off than to pull the side skirts off. So what we did was we took the front bumper off. We got the jack up underneath there. We jacked the car up. We swapped the tire out. But we're like, man, I don't really want to put the bumper back on, you know, because I'm just going to have to take it back off again. And Tony's like, oh, I think his name was Tony. He's like, oh, just throw it in the back of the van and I'll drop it off at your place. Uh, 
you know, before I go back home, no big deal. And we're like, all right, cool. You know? And so he did that for us and we drove the car home, you know, you know, I didn't really trust the spare tire. So we only did like 60 on the interstate the whole way home, got home at like one o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. And we get there and, you know, I just expected the front bumper to be like leaning against our door or sitting right in front of our door or whatever. And like, it's, it's not there. And I'm like, Oh, great. Now we're going to have to chase my front bumper down. And this kid, like, I don't know, sold it for a bag of weed or something. Who knows? Right. It's, it's gone. (laughs) And, uh, we go in the in the apartment and there it is sitting on the couch. The door was locked still. <laughs> and so apparently this kid broke back into our apartment <laughs> to return my front bumper. Well, he didn't want anybody else to break into your apartment and steal it. You can't so, leave it outside. You know, we got we got home. I there it was <laughs> inside the apartment, even though the door was locked. That's nice. That's a very thoughtful so, Tony. He's that's a good guy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, but I was like, you know, that's that's the sort of stuff that this car's been bringing back to my mind again. It's all the stupid things I've done in Cavaliers, and there's plenty so more it, where that came from. It's been fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly – I'm certainly much happier driving it than I was the Blazer. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised by that uh, at all. Not only from like a gas mileage perspective, but also, you know, it is a manual and that's nice. And and uh, it's not the Blazer, which for for whatever reason I just absolutely despise. So uh, I did decide to take the kind of back roads home today and I took some of the roads that we took on our cruise that we did way back when some of the curvy fun-ish roads right and I found out that uh, you can cook the brakes on that thing really really quickly <laughs> it's, you know, it's not that hot out and I'm sure you weren't even doing anything that aggressive no I wasn't driving that hard because I, I I'm not that guy on the street most no. of the time and I know that like you know it's really nice out. And so there's always seems to be people walking around on the roads and I don't want to come flying around a corner and have, you know, some mom and and kid walking down the street and run them over, you know? Yeah. That'd be a bad day for everybody. And yeah. So, you know, I wasn't being too crazy, but I still managed to, I mean, they stank. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm guessing they're not the most expensive of brakes. No, no, probably not. Uh, and, uh, the rear end, does not no matter what you do does not rotate <laughs> and like i mean I, i'm not saying like oversteer but like it's just dead weight back there you're dragging around yeah i think needs a rear sway bar in the worst way <laughs> yeah you're like the dog on family guy with his two back broken legs just <laughs> dragging along. yeah it's so bad <laughs> so um if I were to ever actually do anything with this thing, which I don't really think I probably will because it's a 200,000 mile Cavalier and I just need something to get me to work and not cost me a ton of money. So I'm probably not going to, you know, do anything too stupid to this. But if I were to ever like decide, all right, let's see if we can make this thing a little more fun. The first thing that I would do would be brakes and a sway bar. Yeah, that's, that's easy enough to do. Plus you're going to, if those brakes are getting cooked that fast, you're going to burn through them here pretty quick anyways, and you're going to have to replace them. 
and I'm sure they're even the good stuff's got to be pretty cheap. Yeah, probably. So, but, I mean, even the best brake pads for a stock caliper is not that expensive. Not usually, no. And they got to be what, like the size of a very small cell phone from like 1994. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, they can't. They got. They got to be about the size of an Apex Pro. The size of my Nokia brick. Yeah. No, that's like half your Nokia brick. Yeah, maybe. Itty bitty guys. Like the rears on the 240. Little guys. I think it's discs or uh, drums on the back. Oh, yeah. It might yeah, be drums would, on the it? back. I remember uh, that it was real popular to swap neon disc brakes onto these because apparently that fit with relatively minor modifications. You couldn't talk uh, Josh into giving you some neon brakes? He's got to have like six sets. I didn't try the brakes. I didn't think about it at the time. I did try to buy some wheels and tires off of him. Well, I just tried to buy some tires off of him, but they were the wrong size. Ah. So, well, shoot. Those are actually been for the Omni, though. Yeah, yeah. That means you're. That's good. That means you're getting somewhere on the Omni, or at least planning on it. Well, uh, today I ran into, or I, um, kind of by total coincidence, met up with an old coworker because he was literally working across the street from where I was working, uh, and he had a bunch of. Um, what we in the industry call 16-4, which is uh, four 16-gauge braided wires in one bundle, right? So they're individually insulated, obviously, but then they have a, a jacket around all four of them. Okay. And he had a bunch of that, and uh, I got like 50 or 60 feet of that from him um, so that I can rewire the Omni. Ah, so now I'll be able to have a wire loom where a wire can jump into the loom on one end and come out the other end on the same color. That'll be nice. Which will be nice. And I can uh, label it all. I think that it's only like eight or ten wires total in that whole car uh, for the engine system. Yeah, that shouldn't, and, be, a, that uh, shouldn't be a problem. So uh, I'll probably just run you know, two runs of that 16.4 from the underneath the passenger seat where my MSD module is up to the front where the coil and the distributor are and uh, get that rewired and get that looking prettier and fixed up and and not be not only an eyesore, but one of those mystery things that I'm not convinced worked as well as it probably should have. So that's good. That'll be fixed here soon. Yeah. Give me, give me something to do even if I don't have uh, parts yet because yeah, that I you, can do you can knock that out. without buying all the other things first. So kind of excited about that. That'll be fun. Yeah, that's good. I'm excited to see that back on the road. Yeah. So and the van left today. Nice. Donated to the – gone. So uh, that means the Omni could be rolled out of the garage now without any significant problems. Perfect. So. It's all coming together, man. So, boo yeah. So, so this. I think uh, that's all I got about the Cavalier right now, though. Yeah, this project update was brought to you by Factor Fabrication. I know Booney's uh, love for Cavaliers is well known across the across the world, so he's excited about this. But if I you think had, deep down inside, he wishes that the Cavalier was, or that he had a champ or a WRL Cavalier, Cavalier instead. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be the, what's the, oh, fuck. Is it a Z34? 
Yeah, it'd be a Z24's erection. <laughs> That'd be way better. Yeah. That's like 21 better than Z3. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, factorfabrication.com, if you have any commercial or residential um, fabricating needs, like um, shelving or aesthetically pleasing wall decor type things, like big, com- like complete buildings worth of decor. Decor is not the right word. What the fuck am I trying to say? I have no idea. Yeah, words. I can't do my good words. You're outside of <laughs> you're outside of my expertise at this point. But yeah, factory fabrication for all your fabrication needs. Factoryfabrication.com. So, bam! Hell yeah! So, because it's been kind of a weird fucking forever, it feels like. Right. I feel like we don't have like anything we could. It's been kind of struggling to do a normal show. Yeah, because I mean, I mean this like is, this, this is the time of year where we don't have to think about topics because uh, we're going to places and we're doing things and we're meeting people and we're watching racing and we're participating in racing and we're doing car stuff and we're not doing any of those things and so this is even harder and you know this is the time of year where people want to come on the show and tell us about what they're doing this year and stuff like that but because we're already recording remotely and trying to add a third person to that would be a nightmare we're not really doing any of that right now either no plus they're not doing anything no so yeah, so topics are kind of a struggle right now no yeah and i mean yeah we don't want to keep revisiting the same stuff we've done a million times we want to right I want to shake it up. But yeah, if, if this has to be the new norm for a while, we're going to have to redo how I do all of my YouTube, and we could try something different with, with recording. But cause I really don't yeah. want to do all our interviews by myself or have you go off no. and do it by yourself. That's not fun. We want, we want, we're a team. Right. But Yeah, it works much better that way. I'd say so. But, but we ran out of time last week because we had a really long show. But there yes. were a few things that you found unpopular that other people found unpopular that you wanted to revisit or at least not let, yeah, so there, let go. There were a few on the list, uh, which I, I dug deep and found in the post. Uh, there were a few on the post that we didn't get to that I wanted to get to because uh, some of the ones that we skipped were the ones I wanted to talk about the most and they've kind of been nagging at me in the back of my mind all week. (laughs) And so um, we're doubling back on this a little bit. That's fine. And we're going to, we're going to cover, I'm going to be honest because that was a week ago. I don't remember exactly if we did some of these or not. So I apologize if, despite the fact that we've now done this two weeks in a row, we still missed yours. Yeah. I, but, I, uh, I, and I, I threw away my sheet at the end of the week last week, and I didn't pull it up. So it's up to Adam to bring up the ones that he wants to talk about. And if we miss them, I guess you're going to have to be louder next time. So uh, I I have what I think is the first one we skipped – Okay. Uh, whether we did it on purpose or not, I don't remember. But it, the first one that I think we skipped uh, from a man who gave us many a opinion. I think that's probably why we skipped it because I didn't want it to be all one person's opinions. Oh, that could have been. <laughs> uh, Joseph King. Yep. Uh, Ken Block isn't a driving god. And I actually uh, totally 
understand where he's coming from with this. Um, he certainly has a talent, and I don't think anybody can say that he doesn't. Right. But, like, when you look at, like, his win record when he actually goes and races against other professional race car drivers, it's not so good. No. And, uh, you know, um, I would never claim that I could do what he does in his YouTube videos that are so popular. But uh, as many people are quick to point out, and I don't necessarily consider this a flaw of the videos, but many people are quick to point out those are never first take. No. And why would they be? What, you're, it's it's silly to think that they would be. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know if they're not first take because the camera wasn't the shot they wanted or if the driving wasn't the shot they wanted. We don't know that either way. But people are always quick to point that out nonetheless. Yeah. And, I mean, and while if, I, if, if you're putting I, that much production value into it and, and you and you watch the film and you're like – or film. If you watch the footage and you're like, um, I was about three inches – off on where I want it to be. It's all set up. You're going to tr- yeah. go and try to hit it again and again and again until it's perfect. And if you're going to put that much time and effort into it, you want every shot to be perfect. So yeah, I mean, those videos, yeah. the production value is through the roof. I mean, the driving is exceptional, but just, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's a driving God, but he's, he knows how to put a video together. He knows how to drive well. And he knows how to market himself. Yeah. Dude's a brilliant man. Nonetheless, for the marketing that he can do. Absolutely. But I totally understand where he there – there are a lot of people who just think that he's like some sort of next-level driver. Yeah. They watch the YouTube you know video that? and think that that's – Right. They think, it's, they think it's done in one take. They think it's flawless driving 100% of the time and no, no production value. It's just that's what he is all the time. That's how he drives. It's still really impressive to watch, and I like watching him. But, uh, the, and, you know – I get what he's saying, though. So, yeah. Uh, next up, Calvin Jillick. People allow other percept others' perceptions to dictate their automotive purchases, cars or mods, rather than what will make them happier. It's unpopular because and it's true. I think that all of us have been guilty of that at some point in time or another. You know. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, when, when you were, or like. The universal you, not just you, Adam. But if you're you're thinking yeah. about doing something to your car, your thought is, "What do I like?" And then when you're when it's in the shopping cart, you're like, "What's the reaction going to be like at the track? What's the reaction going to be like at the car show? Cars, coffee, whatever." You immediately go to that and like, okay, maybe that color isn't quite as good as I thought it was, you know, or what you know, some whatever stupid reason. But you you do immediately think of what's the reaction going to be. Yeah. I don't like to be point, um, I don't like to be pointed out that I I do that, Calvin. <laughs> We've all done it. I mean, it, it's not even if outside of cars. Everybody does things, you know, in the hopes that they will, you know, be accepted into groups or whatever it is. And and you know, it is what it is. Um, and I think as you age and mature, that that probably changes a little bit. You know. Yeah, I think the more comfortable you are with yourself, the more you. Uh, don't worry about what anybody else thinks, and you are legitimately satisfied with your car. I mean, like with the Z being done, I actually I sent it to Josh, bef- Josh uh, LePetre before I was done with it at all, and he saw it first, and he goes, yeah, that's way way flashier than anything you've ever done. I'm like, 
Yeah, actually, it <laughs> it, it definitely is because I yeah I've always been kind of real subtle with my color picks and uh, like even like uh, satin chrome blue is much more subtle than the bright colors I pick for the Z. Right, and it's just one color, which you know, at some level is always going to be less dramatic. Right. So yeah, I think that I think that kind of shows you know my my personality has probably changed a little bit too. Whereas, yeah, I don't really worry about being the center of attention anymore. Whereas, like a handful of years ago, I wouldn't have wanted any extra attention that I wouldn't necessarily bring on myself. Well, I think I think that argument could be made that uh, you may have chose those flashy colors uh, with the expressed purpose of trying to. Um, you know, look cool or whatever, because, uh, and maybe, you know, you know, we, you and I specifically, we use our cars or we want to use our cars uh, a little differently than a lot of people do because of this show. Of course, you know, they're they're part of the advertising uh, that we want to do with the car they're part of you know us wanting to put something a certain image forward and uh you know having a flashy car or an interesting car or a car that catches people's eyes or a car that's popular with groups of people is is part of that so oh yeah well you know it's still self-serving in some respect yeah no the i i really i was trying to think of a, a livery that i could do without having to pay to print something and then I yeah. can't like the BRE, um, the Datsun was always. A, I'm a fan of that, and I liked what James did with his. Like, you know, it's kind of a tribute to James's car. It's a tribute to the tribute that somebody made for a Gran Turismo version of it. But I'm painfully yeah. aware of what bright metallic red and blue do when it gets photographed. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you like, especially with my camera, blue and red pop, and it was really easy to get pictures of. Ryan Turk at Gridlife because of his bright red car. Whereas uh, I was having trouble getting a good picture of anything else. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it, you probably still would have chose that without necessarily being or the podcast. So, yeah, I would say so. I hope maybe. No, I'd probably just paint it black and be boring or gray. I like this Robbie better. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, Calvin again says, cars that r- still run OEM or modified OEM engines are more interesting than LS and ch- 2J swaps. I feel and fucking before attacked. before we get this one real close here, let me, let me say another one here. <laughs> Chris also says, engine swaps should be from the same manufacturer as the chassis. What the fuck? I have engine swap thoughts. Oh, man. Why do they have to hurt me? Well, so <laughs> if you really want to break down Calvin's statement, It'll he says it. running OEM or modified OEM engines are more interesting, interesting than LS or 2J swaps. You didn't LS swap your car to be interesting. I did not. Honestly, I think that the argument could have been made that you SR20 swapped it to be interesting. Yeah, I would say that that was probably 
a more interesting swap and, and not in my opinion i'm i'm much more interested in the ls just in, like in general right but at the time but, that you did the two the sr20 swap versus the time that you did the ls swap the reasons you were doing those swaps were dramatically different yeah not even close you know because you were building the car uh as more of a show car and the sr fit that bill it was more interesting yep so and and it was uh, and it was, in theory was in the um realm of possibility to based on my mechanical skills at the time and at the because right. i wanted the the 2j or i wanted the rb and then i was like just getting into like mechanic school and just getting into like my hands dirty literally um with any sort of engine swap or mechanics and uh i looked at that went ah, man that's way above my head but the sr20 drops right in and then uh but you know by the time i got to the ls it was like well i am sick of messing with this fucking engine yeah, and the, and the LS drops right in. <laughs> yeah, and then it's yeah, it's yeah, totally different mindsets, and the uh, it's interesting to some people and totally off-putting to other people, but it's exactly what I wanted. Well, it makes the same power, but it does it much more simply and much more reliably. And you wanted to use the car for very different things now oh, than you oh, did. Yeah. 10 years ago when you built it the first time and it just made more sense and that's a perfectly reasonable thing and anybody who can't understand and respect that needs to probably you know take a step back and look at just get off your high horse there yeah just relax worry about your own car uh, (laughs) and you know he doesn't say that you shouldn't do it he just says it's not as interesting and that's uh, yeah, a perfectly uh, reasonable thing to say. Yeah, it's unpopular, but totally fair. I'm not. I'm not going to sit and argue with right. him about what's more right. interesting. It's personal preference, and I, I love my car, and I love what I've done to it, and that's that's good enough for me. Chris, on the other hand, his statement that engine swaps should be from the same manufacturer as the chassis—that's boring. It's not that it's boring. It's just that sometimes you have cars that have good chassis yes. but don't have good engines. Yes. Or that putting the good engines that came with or that that manufacturer made is way more work and way more difficult. Uh, and way more point, money. Case in point, the Miata. Uh, you know, there's... 11 billion swaps out there for the Miata. There's um, obviously LSs. Of course. And uh, before the LS was a popular thing, the, the V8 swap that was the choice was the small block Ford, the like the 5-liter Ford. Yep. Uh, you know, there's K-Miatas are super popular now. Uh, the new LFX V6 is a super popular Miata swap. Um, which is GM's uh, V6. You know, there's there's yeah, tons the ec- and tons yeah, and tons of, yeah. of yep, Ecotech swaps. Uh, possibly a cheaper option than the K even. Um, but then you know, the interesting, possibly powerful motor that beyond, or that Mazda made the rotary. That's all, all but never done and. Because apparently, from what I've researched, it's in, or from what I've been told, it's incredibly difficult to put that motor into a Miata. 
And so nobody does it because yeah. it's not worth the time. No. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try and, and preach about how a rotary is a terrible engine and no one should use it and LSs are better because they're, you know, they both serve very different purposes. And, and I think they're both interesting in their own way. And I certainly think that the rotary is a more unique engine yep. just because of how it operates. And, and I being the unique guy like that sort of thing. But it doesn't work well in that chassis. It's really hard to swap. It's really hard to make fit in that car. And most people who are trying to swap engines into Miatas are trying to do it cheaply because they want they bought a Miata because it was cheap. And now they want more power and they want to do that cheap too. And I totally get that. And the rotary is not the way to do it. No. And yeah, Mazda hasn't really made any other engines that are all that, that interesting that would work in that configuration. So what are you going to do? Yeah. And I'm, but I, I'm on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, yeah, I like the LS swap, but I mean, if someone wants to stuff some ridiculous engine, and I don't care what manufacturer it's from. Like if you look at it and go, how does that fit in there? That doesn't make any sense. That's awesome. That's where I'm at in my life. Like if I see an engine that, I, I, that, that I, it just doesn't make sense that it's in that car, it's clearly too big. It's clearly too much power. That's, that's awesome. More cylinders, more gooder. Here's where my unpopular opinion <laughs> about engine swaps comes into play. This is something that I've been kind of thinking in the back of my head for a while now, but I haven't really voiced Ooh. until now. Um, I think that people need to calm the fuck down on ridiculous engine swaps. Uh, I think that there are a lot of people out there who are swapping this into that for the sake of doing it. And that the end result is not any better than what they started with or in some cases worse and that they've only done it because they want YouTube or Instagram cred. And I am tired of that. You mean uh, like the a first f- year that we went to grid life Midwest, there was a Miata that someone had put a Cummins engine in. Yep. And I that's that. silly. Yep. That's ridiculous. And the car that the, the car that I saw that made me, the most recently that made me this thought start formulating in my head about my feeling about uh, people need to calm down on the engine swap thing is I saw somebody who had a Ferrari. I don't remember what, and I'm not going to say that it was a Ferrari with a good engine. It probably wasn't. Let's assume, but they put a rotary in it. Oh, weird. Why? That's a lot of work for not a lot of gain. I wouldn't have done that in a Ferrari. There's lots of things I, no. you know, and I, I'm not, clearly, I'm not the person who places the Ferraris up on a pedestal and thinks you should leave them alone. I love the idea of modifying Ferraris. I think that that's cool. But to me, taking a Ferrari engine out, whether it was a good one or a bad one, and putting a rotary in, you haven't made – your end result isn't any better than what you started with. And so the only reason you've done it is is because you wanted to get on the Instagrams and you wanted to get in the cycle and you wanted to show up in a bunch of people's YouTube algorithm so that you could you know, get 10,000 subscribers or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And uh, 
you know, I, I'm kind of proud of the fact that we've never done that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, um, sure, we've probably had slower growth than some other people I've seen that have started up and done things since we have. And, you know, Props to them, I guess. It's, it, we're, you know, we're doing our own thing. for being yeah. able to grow something quickly. That's that's awesome too. But that's not what we wanted out of this, and and uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I just I don't. I I'm all about engine swaps, and I am not a person who believes <coughs> that uh, things should stay within the OE. Uh, but if you're going to spend the t- time and the effort and the money make sure that the end result is better in some That's way yeah and just, well there's a there's a time attack build I, th- I think it's time attack that someone has a 240 and then they i don't know how or why but they got a sweet deal on some sort of a lamborghini engine i want to say it's yeah a, i know this i, I is know that the, this is that, is that car that that car uh, in its old iteration, was at the first Midwest event that we went to. Right. Okay. Then yeah, um, I was. I couldn't. I, I didn't want to say that that it was a like associated with grid life because I couldn't remember specifically. But I thought I thought it was. I don't. I don't know that it's been to a race since. I don't think so. At but least yeah. not one that I've been at. But I remember they announced that they had gotten the engine. So I mean, yep. If they if they've got the engine and they got it and they're going to make it work. That's fun. I'm into that. It's, it's it shouldn't cool, it shouldn't but... fit and it shouldn't work. But if it does, that's great. I enjoy that. But if it, it does, is if, cool, but like I'm not convinced that it's better. It it might not be. And it and if it's as unreliable as Ryan Turek's Ferrari was at Midwest, then it probably isn't worth it. But I I find it interesting. Plus, it, I'm sure it offends a lot of people, and that I find that interesting interesting too. I also, uh, to some extent, I will give a pass on my rule if you're a drift car that's not, not a competitive car. But what if it is competitive? If you're building a car that's competitive, then it falls under the same rules as I have said already, which is uh, if you're going to do an engine swap, that the end result better be better yeah for sure but if you're building a party car or a fun car or a you know a silly car um that you don't intend to compete with then i don't i i feel less strongly about that you know because like i get that ryan turek's ferrari engined frs was uh not the best idea in the world and that the 2J swapped one he had before was probably a much better car uh, from a reliability standpoint, from a running cost standpoint. uh, You know, and if all you want to do is go out and um, run door-to-door with your buddies, then that's definitely the better option. But he built that car with the specific and expressed purpose of being interesting and drawing a crowd and being cool and frankly you know for the instagram yeah yeah (laughs) and so that engine swap made sense in that particular scenario but i don't think that there is a uh there is a time attack or a road racing equivalent of that scenario in my mind 
No, probably not. I'm all because for it. <laughs> to me, to me, if you're going to do time attack stuff, uh, you should you should focus on on the being on the pointy edge, and so putting a Ferrari engine in a FRS is not the best way to get there. No, probably not. You know, but it but it makes sense in a in a party car for drifting. Sure. What else you got? Uh, man, was, <laughs> if we did some of these, I know we didn't talk about this one. Tom says uh, car shows, meaning uh, TV shows, not car shows. Like, let's take our cars down to the local uh, parking lot and park them. Although I kind of feel the same way about car shows as I do as he feels about car TV shows, but car shows mostly suck and are either reality show drama or service level and dull top gear roadkill, etc. The only decent car building content is on YouTube. So he's saying top gear roadkill. Good. No, he's not. Oh, no, he's saying top gear roadkill, etc. are either reality show drama or surface level and dull. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, I don't. I would firmly I don't know disagree that you're with find that. Very many people that agree with that statement when it comes to Top Gear or Roadkill. I used to be, I used to be like the biggest Roadkill fan in the world. Yeah, and I've kind of softened on that a little bit. And I, I, to I me now, uh, it's very hit or miss. I haven't seen all of them. I've seen a handful. I've seen all. I have finally seen every Top Gear episode with the with the trio, and all the Grand Tours. And I'm I'm a big fan of that. I enjoy that, and the wife even yep. enjoys that. Yeah, so, like those those type of setups are really fun for me. Um, I really don't watch a lot of the YouTube build channels unless it's specific to something I'm trying to build myself. So, but yeah, I think like anything that was on like Discovery Channel. That besides Monster Garage, but even that had a lot of, like ridiculous drama, is just a reality show, and it's fake drama and shitty craftsmanship and work that's just covered up with good cinematography or other cover up. Because there's a show on Netflix, I don't know what it's called, but they're doing really shitty work and they're being glorified. I know Michael Gall posts pictures of it. He's like, I was watching this show, and he like screenshots it. And, he, and, you know, he does a bunch of auto body work and stuff on his drift car. And you can see, like, the horrible, like, runs and orange peel and all this stuff. It's like, this is a $100,000 vehicle. And they're it's it's really shitty backwoods work. But they're making way yeah. more money on their YouTube or their uh, Netflix show. So I would agree, except for his, his uh, Top Gear comment. Uh by and large, I don't really enjoy watching car building. Like the YouTube channels? Most of them I have a hard time getting into unless the car uh, interests me specifically. I, I really don't get into the vlog style uh, videos. Like, if it, like I know like that B is for build guy. People love him. Yeah. And you know good for him more power to him that's great i can't get into it no I'll, I'll watch a few things here and there but yeah if it's if it's someone holding the phone talking or like having a gopro in front of them talking their way through a project kind of like haphazardly 
and there's really no production value to it, I, I lose interest almost immediately. Yeah. So, yeah, unless someone's, like, showing just a quick thing on, like, here's this common problem, here's the easy way to solve it, and it's specific to what I'm trying to fix, that's that's really the only time I'm interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest... Um exception to that rule is uh, uh, Mighty Car Mods. And that's just because I like the personalities of those two guys so much, and uh, I really enjoy watching them as much as I like watching what they're doing. Right. And so I think that, you know, they could be that could be a cooking show and I would still like watching it. <laughs> I would like watching it less because I don't care about cooking that much. Uh, certainly not as much as I care about cars. But I would still be able to watch it, you know, regardless. And I think that's kind of the way I feel about Top Gear, too, you know, where I I really like those guys as those guys. And I I think I could watch just about any show they did um, together. Right. Although I've watched some of the shows that they have done separately, and they're pretty bad. Yeah, they're tripods. So they need to be together. Yeah, you take it's, one it's leg out, and it just me. falls down. Like you know, even we talked about last week uh, how Hammond is our favorite, and he's done a lot of side projects, and I've never been that into him. I don't think I've ever seen any of those other stuff. I've just seen Top Gear and Grand. Most of the time, he just does like voiceover work. He's not. Uh, hugely involved in it, like um, uh, Captain Slow. James May. James May. Uh, you know his videos or his shows that he's done. He's like way, way involved in. It. You know he is the main guy. Whereas uh, a lot of what Hammond did was more of like voiceover work. That makes sense. Although, I mean, he has done a few here and there, but a lot of what he did was kind of just voiceover. So, I think that's pretty much uh, all of them that we didn't cover. Uh, Putting carburetors on your LS is like watching a VCR in your high-def TV. That's a hilarious statement. And accurate. (laughs) Who does it? We've talked about this in the past, uh, like many, 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 many moons ago, and I just can't come up with a good reason why you would L- why w- why you would go through the effort of putting an LS into anything, and then putting a carburetor on it. No, it makes no sense at all. It really doesn't because, like, unless you got gonna, it all for free, if you're going to run a carburetor on it. Don't spend the money on the LS because you probably can get an older small block or an LT cheaper yeah and those intake manifolds that the carburetor sits on is way cheaper and i i am not the type of person who's saying don't use carburetors i own a vehicle with carburetors and i think they have their place and i think that they're cool in their own special way but i wouldn't put it on an ls no it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't so yeah it's it's weird for sure. So I think the rest of them we pretty well covered. I'd I think say so. Those were the ones. The, the the engine swap thing was the thing I really wanted to talk about. That was the one that, that... That was the one that had been kind of like nogging, or, uh, nagging me in the back of my head since we did the show last week. So Yep, and that was the one that as soon as we hung up and I stopped hitting record, I was like, I knew I missed one. 
one that I sh- <laughs> the one that I shouldn't have. Yeah. But, oh well. So that's fine. It gave us something to do this week. Yeah. Well, we can do the news now. Presented by Apex Pro. Let's. I'll be using my Apex Pro actually before this episode comes out because I got a private track day and I'm pretty excited about it. So, oh, dude, it, I'm very excited for you about that. We're allowed to have two because of insurance. We can have two cars on track at a time, which is which is fine because there's only like I think five of us. So hopefully we can talk about that next week. What doing a private my, private test day is like. My simple understanding of the rules quickly is that you could have up to five cars and up to seven people total. You can and only two cars on track at a time. Uh, their new thing today, I think, said you can have up to ten cars for the for the for the day. But yeah, we only have as five. of May first, probably. Yeah, I, I assume that's probably when it goes into effect. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, ApexTrackCoach.com. Um, we've talked about it before. Andrew's doing all sorts of stuff, uh, taking advantage of this uh, off season to keep promoting what he's doing. He's been doing a lot of interviews with like Ross Bentley. Um, his his YouTube or not YouTube his Facebook uh, live stuff is constant. It's like every day it seems that he's got something new. Um, so it's so he, hard to keep up with. He's almost like doing too much, you know. Yep. So I mean, getting an Apex Pro, you're supporting that type of uh, passion and and someone that's that involved in the sport. Now um, this isn't somebody that's just trying to make money um, and 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 take his money and run from the sport. This is someone that's trying to grow the sport. That's that's highly involved, and like this is a passion project for him. So like supporting those to support the, the the motorsport industry and the motorsport uh like just the, the sport in general is what we're all about so like uh, we're friends with andrew and we're friends with anyone else that's involved with apex pro so like we're we're big fans of what they're doing so like yeah apex track coach.com 40 percent or for, for uh, free uh window mount if you use the code 10 tenths um you should go there before the next track day Forty percent. That's I don't crazy, know. Robbie. I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That'd be a sweet deal. That'd be a great deal. Please don't ask Andrew about that. I don't know where that came from. Uh, up first, F one outlines their twenty twenty season plan. Fifteen to eighteen possible races starting in July. So first the- bit of good news. Yeah, we've had in a while here, uh, and I think they're. They're doing a decent job of not jumping the gun too much and planning in a way that would work. So what they would do is start in July in Europe, and then they would move from like basically from July to August they'd be in Europe. Then September October they'd be in Eurasia and Asia, and then October November in the Americas and some of Asia, and then December when it would be cold in a lot of places they'll be in the Middle East. Yeah, and uh, it looks like they're kind of hoping to maybe open it up to fans by December. I would be shocked if that comes a reality, but that would be great if we got to that point. Some of the later events is kind of what they're hoping for. But it looks like uh, July 5th will be starting in Austria. Well, that's nice. Um, that's, that's nice that we'll have something to do on the 4th of July. Yeah, it's going to be a real bum year, isn't it? I didn't think about that, but yeah, it's going to be a real bum year for this. Like, ugh, it's so gross. But I am more excited about Formula One coming back than I am about any other 
uh, form of professional racing because for whatever reason, I was really, really amped up on our fantasy GP this year. And like, that's one of the things that's been the most disappointing for me. Out of all of it. Fantasy GP. Well, <laughs> not out of all of it, but just like, uh, just one of the things that you knew was you're looking forward. It's one to. of the things that I was really looking forward to, and you know, now it's it's not going to be a thing. Yeah, and I was going to try and pull up our fantasy GP and see how many people are on there, and it uh, looks like that's not a thing I can do. Oh, it was a pretty large number, if I remember correctly. We had we had gained quite a bit of people since switching to. Are you in charge of it now? Uh, I am an admin. So uh, Austin is still an admin as well. I think Jeff is as well, which were the the old radial podcast guys. Um, but Austin added me in as an admin. So um, okay, that's it. Okay, I remember now. But you know, Austin's still a part of it, which is perfectly fine by me. I yeah. wouldn't expect him not to be. I, I want him to be. So, but yeah, I was really looking forward to it because I don't know why, but I was just I thought it was going to be a lot of fun and for some reason this year more than last year i was looking forward to it quite a bit and uh it was yanked from my hands robbie yes it was well, as was so many other things well it's funny because i i had i had been watching the uh drive to survive season two and just sat yeah. down and was like really getting into it so we finished season two she went back and watched all of season one and season two again by herself and she was excited for the formula one season son of a bitch so i was like this is the year man we're both getting into racing she's gonna love it she's gonna want to she's gonna be all about any racing i want to do and then this fucking virus is like ha, no formula one for you and now now that she's gone and you know found other things to keep her attention she's totally forgotten about formula one who the teams are who the drivers are she don't care no more so hopefully by July we can bring it all back together. We can care about racing again. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of that drive, drive to survive or whatever it was called. Yep. Is that what it was? Drive to survive. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Uh. So you've watched both seasons then. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen the first season twice. Second season twice. Yeah. Well, sure. Good. Whatever. So, um, is that one as good? Is it better? Is it worse than the first season? I, the first season, I felt like they did a really good job of kind of going at a pace that brought the outsider in and got you familiar with all of formula one, not, and not just the specific people on the show. And right. then the second season, I, it, it, I don't think it was, but it sure felt like it went faster like it was just it was like the episodes just flew by and there wasn't as much to them if that makes sense and then i was super disappointed that and it, 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 it kind of it, not really anything they can control because they go in and they follow a team for an entire weekend well then you go they follow right. they so like this season was a lot of red bull well they yeah. follow they followed red bull and and Gasly's issues there, but then they you know that towards the end of the season they're, then they're following Toro Rosso. Well, they'd already switched Alex Albon and um, Pierre Gasly, so you're getting 
Pierre Gasly again, but they're also following Alex Albon, who's now at Red Bull. So they're interviewing all the guys at Red Bull again. So there's a lot of double dipping between those weekends and throughout the whole season, really. So it's kind of like the Red Bull show for the whole season, too, it felt like. And then it just felt like everything else was just like really quick hits all the way through. And I don't know. I don't know how you could have done it differently because I mean, if that's the reality, that's what it was. But it just felt like you. Yeah. There, every show felt like it could have been ten minutes longer, and gone into a little bit more detail on a handful of things. It just felt like it was almost not incomplete. That's not the right word, but it just feels like there was a little bit more they could have put into every episode. In my eyes. <clears throat> yeah. And then of course, they didn't. They had like one one sentence from Kimi Räikkönen for the whole season. And I know, but it's kind of the greatest sentence of all time. <laughs> it's kind of the best part about the whole thing, isn't it? Because that's like literally the only part that I've actually heard anybody talk about specifically. And yep. I've heard people talk about it multiple times. And I think that it's maybe even the very last thing said on the very last episode. It's If it's not the last thing, it's damn near. So like at the end, it's kind of like this. This is our passion. This is our life. Yeah, this you know, like montage it, of guys like talking about like uh, this is motivational the old... quotes about why they love racing, basically. Yep. Yeah, really. yep. Why they're there. And then it goes to a quick clip of Kimi Raikkonen. If you're not paying attention, you miss it. And he goes, it's like a hobby for me. <laughs> it just totally, totally train wrecks everything it's they're the trying best. to do. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> you kind of because it's fun that's how that's how he comes across in his book too his his biography is that way too it's just kind of like he's good at this and he's doing it and he he enjoys it but he tells all these other things that he enjoys too it's not it's not like the biggest passion in his life it's so funny but the biggest disappointment he says it the biggest disappointment for me was that they you have all these incredible rookies coming in and they focus on a good chunk of them like George Russell or not George Russell. Um, yeah. Sorry. I was confusing with Robert Kubica, George Russell and Alex Alban and, and you have Lando Norris and they completely glanced over Lando. Like they didn't, oh, really? they, 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 I mean they on the Mark, on the McLaren episode, they, they obviously focus on him for a little bit, but right. it's mainly focused on Carlos Sainz. And then, like the whole season, they don't show anything about um, Norris's results or how he's doing or anything like that. So that was but, really dis- uh, that was really disappointing to me that like someone that has that much notoriety with his like Twitch and like he's and and coming yeah. up into Formula One, like he's I mean he's grown as a as a star is probably the right word, but he's grown in 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 popularity across the world outside of Formula One. You would think they would cash in on that. Yeah. It was just really, um, it was really strange to me. And obviously, I'm a big fan of him, so like I noticed that. But wasn't season one pretty McLaren heavy? Uh, I thought, yeah, and Red Bull heavy. It's re- yeah, because season one was Daniel Ricardo heavy. Okay, so it was Red Bull heavy again. And then he switched to Renault, and it wasn't quite as Daniel Ricardo heavy this year. Because I was kind of wondering if maybe there was something. Was there a McLaren? Documentary separately, then maybe. Uh, not that I. I don't remember, but, but even, kinda, even then, it was. I was going to say maybe if that was the case, maybe that's you know they didn't want to be too McLaren heavy again or something. No, they they had no problem being Red Bull heavy. I'll tell you that. Well, 
Okay. Follow the money, Robbie. <laughs> yeah. Because I'll bet you can. I'm sure you can. So, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited for the season. If we can actually get a season, I've been. I mean, I've, again, I've been watching iRacing racing when I'm not doing my own iRacing racing, or when I'm not outside killing snakes. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch a real racing again and uh, get back into it. I spent some time last night watching uh, the Grid Life iRacing racing cup. I didn't watch last night's, but I watched one of the the previous ones. Yeah, I was watching it for a while last night, and uh, me and a couple of uh, friends that I have a group chat going with were all watching it, and I was like, man, I actually, I'm really enjoying this, like, because I haven't really had time to, you know, oddly enough, I think I've almost been busier since this whole thing is, has hit. Yeah, I think but, it's uh, kind of been by design, for me anyways, I've been actively trying to have shit to do every day at home. No, I just, I, I would like to slow down. <clears throat> It's just not a thing for me right now. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I guess it's a good problem to have, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, you know, last night I got a chance to sit down and, and kind of take a break for a little while. And so I was watching um, some of that and I was like, man, this is, this is still really good racing. Like, I, I get that it's not the real thing. And, you know, of course, that's what I'd rather be watching. But, like, this is still really fun. It's and interesting. This is still really good. And, and you know, most of, you know, it's it's a Grid Life sponsored event. So I, there are a lot of familiar names in that group. And it was still fun to be like, oh, yeah, look at that. There's, you know, Jeremy Swenson and there's Gil Whittingham. And there's, you know, all these people that I, I know either by name or even, you know, personally. And, you know, it was it was still fun to watch. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's yep. why I shared it on the on the Facebook group is because I was like, you know, this is actually really good, and I hope that people are watching this because I was, you know, I'm watching it. And I'm like, and uh, I'm on the Facebook feed, and there's there's like 120 people in there. I was like, come on, <laughs> more people should be watching this. This is great. So I'm, yeah, I'm surprised it's not more, but because it did. It, once you start watching, it's 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 racing. I mean, it's 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 interesting because yeah. watching the fantasy Grand Prix with uh, all the Formula One guys, the first race, I actually sat down and watched the entire thing. Jess was making fun. She's like, "It's you're watching people play video games. You're 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 the switch people that you're making fun of." It's like, yeah, I, I don't care. It's any racing at this point. But it was interesting again because it's it's there's no consequences, so everyone drives that way. So obviously the wrecks are ridiculous. And there's crashes well, way more often. One of the things that I was most impressed by, because you know, I've, Josh and a couple other my friends have really picked up a lot of iRacing racing here lately, and and I've seen lots and lots of people bitching about how hard it. I, I think even you, maybe, uh, have you know complained about how difficult it is to have clean races in public uh, lobbies on iRacing racing because there's just so many idiots apparently. Yes, I have not done any public races yet. No. Okay. No. Well, you know, and and uh, it seems like there's a lot of problem with people plowing into the back of you. There's a lot of problem with people uh, collecting cars up in front of you, and you ending up having nowhere to go but into a wall or into another vehicle. And you know, it seems like half the time the struggle is just getting through the first lap, and you know, and then then you can start to race, and. Uh, I'm watching this Grid Life Cup, and I I remember I think it was maybe Josh or maybe Dalton I don't remember, but one of them was like, man, how are these guys racing so cleanly? 
So, um, you know, while I, I get that, you know, the racing, you know, from a professional standpoint, it's kind of fun to watch these guys cause they can crash with no, no, uh, um, consequences, you know, the, those guys I was watching last night are still managing to, to treat it seriously enough to keep it clean. Oh yeah. You know, and to keep every, everybody facing the right way. And, and, uh, that was cool too. Yeah. So we can wrap this uh, up. up. We got one yeah, more up, up next. Uh, I've, I came across this thing. It's too cool not to talk about, uh, Ford Ranger rally raid truck with a twin turbo Raptor engine and a sequential manual. So this is a, a rally stage rally style build, yeah, but it's it is for a the, uh, the South African cross country series, which is a rally so, series. It looks like, like almost like a Dakar. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, see this as kind of like a mix between like stage rallying and, and maybe like, you know, some Baja, yep. uh, yep. trophy truck stuff. And, you know, this thing's kind of a smaller, um, not quite so long travel suspension extreme, but still, you know, plenty of suspension travel, I'm sure. Uh, and it, it's, it's quite ridiculous. It's super awesome. We and need, we need more of this. Robbie loves Raptor things. And so I kind of wanted to know what you feel, how you feel about a Ranger Raptor. I think this would be a blast. I mean, they, they yeah, they pulled the, the V8, the, yeah, with the, with the five O V eight out of it, and then put the twin turbo Raptor engine in it, and it's got like the same horsepower and saved three hundred and like thirty pounds, which is pretty incredible. That it would be that much of a weight difference. But I'm all I'm all in. Now you, you turn that thing up to ten and go bomb some hills. Yeah, that that'd be a blast. It's really strange to me that the so, rend- the rendering has literally no mirrors and no back glass, though. Yeah, that's probably a good point. <laughs> I mean, do you care? Do you need mirrors in a, rally, a stage rally vehicle? You probably don't. Here's, yeah, I got other pictures of the rest of them. It's just a, it's just a distraction, Robbie. The other, the other ones have mirrors. I think it's, I, it, the rendering probably just left it out. But yeah, the, the Toyotas have mirrors. So this is apparently uh, a version two point of this vehicle. Uh, the, you know, the new one with the with the twin turbo V six is replacing the older five liter v8 yep. uh, new rules allow for them to run this it's a i assume that they shed weight somewhere else but it's a 331 pound weight reduction over the truck's v8 predecessor i suppose you got the you know the dual overhead cams and it's a big engine but still that's that's a shockingly huge weight difference but a lot of times you know um when you have turbos and all the extra piping and the intercooling and all the extra things that come with that, uh, a lot of times, even though it's a slightly smaller displacement engine and in theory should be lighter with all the turbos and all the things going on, it ends up being just as heavy, if not heavier, uh, as just an engine. So right. I assume that they – and 331 pounds is a crazy amount of weight out of a race car. So they must have done some pretty serious other changes. Yeah, that's that's night and day difference. <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, then it's also got a six-speed sequential, which is legit. 
It is four-wheel drive, which is legit. 11 inches of suspension travel I see here, which is pretty impressive. That's, that should be enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A 126-gallon fuel cell. Holy shit. Which is wild. Liquid-cooled Brembo's, which is crazy. I just the list of things that, you know, that are crazy about this is it's just never ending. It's quite the deal. Do you remember at PRI when they had the uh those the the brakes off of it wasn't this type of vehicle, but basically the same idea like the trophy trucks. Remember how thick those brake pads were? Yeah, crazy. They're, like, they're almost like an inch and a half thick on either side. Yeah. But I suppose you probably go uh, you probably go through them, but man. I know. If you ever look at like an LMP one car brake, that's silly wire or silly thick too like yeah. you know inch and a half two inches of brake pad wow and you know that's carbon carbon like that's <laughs> that's wild so and the last thing you want to do is go go through all that uh, material though done that once yeah. that's uh no thank you yeah so should we shut this down, Robbie? It's yeah, it's getting late, it's man. Late. Holy cow. We, we did a talk for a while before we started the show, though. So yeah, I think that yeah. kind of ate into that time. So Yeah. We'll uh, we'll try to get back on uh, a different topic next week, and uh, we'll see what we can do. I'll probably still be remote at that point, I would imagine. Yeah. We could talk uh, about track day stuff, and sure, we got to have If you got some stuff that. you want us to talk about, you got some, uh, you know, maybe uh, topic ideas that we've never done. Uh, things that we've done, but you think we should rehash, whatever, send us a message. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Uh, let us know. And, you know, because we would love some help right now. You know, we just wanna... being truthful, honest about it. This is a weird time for everybody, and we're trying to, you know, provide some entertainment and a little bit of uh, some time away from the realities. But it's difficult for us, too. So we want to give the people what they want. Even if it's unpopular for some. So. <laughs> All right, man. Yep. We'll catch you next week. See ya. <laughs>